Log Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Queen Lewis. This is MJ Network. And God bless Blog Talk Radio today. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite books for this year. And my review is on Just Reviews. I hope you like it. I tried really hard. And Dick Belsky's here. And all I could say is, Claire Carlson, you don't want to mess with her. And her boss, well, what can I say? Wendy sparked controversy with her accusations against fellow officers and got kicked off the force. That was not smart. Taunting a PA firm catering to women who suspected their husbands of cheating. It's interesting. What happens when Claire finds a secret about some powerful men? And what happens when other things happen? And Claire Carlson will give you the scoop because I'm not going to tell you. Good morning and welcome to, finally, Blog Talk Radio. Hey, uh, Fran. Uh, good morning. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we... Uh... I'm glad your technical difficulties seems to be seem to be worked out, at least for the whole, at least for the time being. Yeah, I know. I hope so too. But I, I, I tried. But we always have a backup plan, so don't worry. So that first scene is almost as if you felt that Wendy was like um par- not paranoid, just she could just sort of like ESP. How did she sense that this wasn't going to work, that, that something was going to happen. How did you create that? Right. That was really, I couldn't put that right. in three times this morning. Yeah, I, I, let me, yeah, let me just, uh, let me just start by saying for people who don't know, like, so today is sure. the, uh, is the publication date uh, for Broadcast Blues, my new uh, Clerk House of Mystery, and it's, uh, so it's, it, you know, it's just out there today, which is great, and uh, it's a hard, right now it's hardcover, and, uh, and ebook. I know you don't read ebooks, but a lot of people do. <laughs> and no, <not> uh, me. <laughs> and uh and we're we'll convince you at some point. And um and uh and there'll, there'll be an audible version coming in a few weeks too. But but it's available right now in hardcover and uh and in ebook. And uh yeah, well I mean this is the sixth Claire Carlson book and it's uh it's a book obviously about Claire, the T V journalist, but uh the the character Wendy Kyle plays a big part in it too and I mean there are a lot of similarities in some ways between Wendy and Claire. Um so even though, you know, Wendy uh we find Wendy, you know, is killed and is dead in the first chapter of the book, um, that uh, there's this bond between Claire and her as Claire learns more about her. Um but the opening you're referring to uh, I just wanted something to sort of set the scene, and it's a kind of a note that Wendy Kyle writes to people saying, like, mm-hmm. I, might, I might be dead uh, if this doesn't work out. So if you read, you know, I think the opening line is something like, uh, if, if mm-hmm. you read this, I'm already dead. And, I, you know, I just thought I wanted something that would, like, grab somebody with it. I'm one of those people, um, 
who hate it when you pick up a book and people say like, oh, it gets really good around page 50. You know, I'm one of those people like I, I want to grab by the book from like the first line of the first page. And uh, so I really, I really worked on, on trying to do that. Uh, well, I do it. I try and do that all the time, but certainly with this one. And, um, and that sets the tone. That's really only like a quick page. And then suddenly we get into Claire and then, you know, the rest of the book is trying to find out why somebody would have wanted to, uh, to kill Wendy Kyle. And um, I also was intrigued by this idea of, uh, of a uh, woman PI who investigates men who cheat on their wives and their girlfriends. Mm. And obviously that would be a really good motive for killing somebody to keep her quiet about, you know, you're, you're playing around. Um, and uh, so I thought that would be fun. And, and then and then as the book goes on, you realize, you know, that might not have been the motive because there are lots of other things at play here, too, that Wendy Kyle has uncovered. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot, of, a lot of balls in the air. But it all starts with that, yeah, that opening where she basically is not convinced but is afraid that she may not survive whatever she's doing. Well, Susan, it was interesting. And like I said, I read it three times this morning because I said, oh, my God. She almost had a premonition that something's going to get me. Because it must have been something that she was doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I get premonitions, too. I go, like, I don't think I want that to happen. Oh, my God. So. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the, the back story, there's a little back story in this, you know, probably more than yeah. than people necessarily need to know, but how a book is formed. Um, the My original idea was to write a whole book about Wendy Kyle. Uh, and, mm. and this job she had of being like a you know a female PI who investigates cheaters and you know kind of like the TV show Cheaters on TV but this is what she did mm-hmm. and all the adventures she did and I started writing that and uh, I liked the character but I never really you know because you know I do the Claire books and other books and uh, I suddenly needed to do a Claire book and then I decided well what if I you know what if I put Wendy in the same book as Claire. And instead mm. of being kind of the hero or the protagonist, um, she's the victim. Uh, but she's obviously a huge, uh, a huge, huge part of the story. Oh, the, you know, there's, there's a one point. There's a one. There's one point too that I I think is kind of I thought was significant in the book where um, mm. where uh, uh, Claire's uh, best friend uh, Janet says to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, or she, uh, Claire says to Janet, I, I, I really like, I, really, I think I really like Wendy Kyle. And Janet says, well, you never even knew her. She's dead. How can you like her? She says, yeah, I know, but I think I would have really liked her if we'd ever met. You know, um, there's this kind of bond sort of between the two of them, uh, mm-hmm. even though uh, Claire is the, uh, is the active participant and, and Wendy is the victim. So we have the the next chapter. This was really cool. It's almost as if you're writing um, the opening credits of a movie or a television show. So opening credits, the ruling according to Claire that sets the tone for the novel and her actions. So how did you decide on on that as the as the first one? It's not the first chapter. It's just the first part. Yeah, I've done that in all the Claire books, um, uh, mainly because the Claire books are so so driven by her as a person as opposed to, uh, I mean, there's obviously a mystery involved, but 
Um, I think, you know, when I started writing them, and I've talked about this in the past, and a lot of places probably with you too, is to me the character is the most Mm. important thing, you know, like whether you're reading uh, Harry Bosch or Kinsey Malone or Spencer, you know, you're reading the, I would read the books for the character, and, you know, sometimes the story wasn't even that great. You know, you'd be reading a Spencer book, and you're like, well, the story's Mm. not great, but I love Spencer, so I'm going to keep reading it. So when I started writing... um, you know, I always, I always wanted to make the character the, the most important part of the book, and then let the story kind of unfold around that. Um, so the whole point of the opening credits is to let you meet Claire before the story starts, um, and mm-hmm. find out what's going on with her, uh, what's on her mind, uh, you know, what's 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 happening in her life, and in this book, and you know, each book I've done, this is the sixth Claire book, and in each one. Uh, you know, there's, there's been obviously something different I've used as a theme. Uh, and in this one, it's age. So Claire is uh, Claire is uh, approaching rapidly her 50th birthday, um, which to a lot of us doesn't seem that horrible these days. But if you remember when you turned 50, it was, you know, it was a big deal. And for Claire, I forget those things daily. Because <laughs> she's a... She's a uh, uh, a woman in the media, and obviously the media, um, you know, mm. uh, you know, cares about you know young perky people on camera, especially with females, and so she's you know she's just got a lot of insecurities about turning fifty, both from a career standpoint and from the fact that you know she 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 still you know she's not married, she's not you know she's not in any kind of a real relationship, and so she she winds up you know, thinking a lot about her life. And so that's the opening credits where she starts talking about mm-hmm. all the other news media women who are well over 50, you know, uh, you know, uh, all the, all the main anchors on the, on the, on the, on the, on the various shows. And a lot of them are over 50 and she kind of is doing that to make herself think, well, you know, I can, I can keep going too, but she, she's worried about it. And so that, that's the opening. And then, um, we go right from there into uh, the actual murder, where she finds mm. out about Wendy Kyle being murdered, and and of course we get into your favorite character in my books, in my books these days, which is her boss, uh, Susan Endicott. Oh yes, yeah, Susan Endicott. Yes, I work for somebody just like her, and um, hmm, yeah, you, you don't want to work for Susan Endicott. And this is the well, third book, right? <laughs> No, this is the second one with Susan Endicott. And, second uh, one with Endicott? I was hoping it would yeah. not happen again. Yeah, well, in the first uh, four, uh, she had a she had a man that she really liked and respected as her boss. And when I did the yeah, fifth book, married, I right? kind of needed to – oh, yeah. But I, when the fifth book, I had to um, – I just – you know, I, I, when you're doing a series, you have to make some kind of changes or shake things up or, yeah. you know, like, you know, have something – so I, at some point, I uh, decided to um, uh, to put in another uh, owner, and this time to have somebody that she would have conflict with, and also uh, another woman, which means she couldn't do some of the things she did with a man to kind of ingratiate herself. And I don't mean romantic, but just kind of, you know, uh, the, the the dynamics between the two. And, uh, you know, as I've described Susan Endicott, and I think you, you've said the same thing, uh, she's kind of the boss from hell, you know. She's, she's yeah, she is ambitious and 
and like cutthroat and no humor and and she has no use for Claire except for the fact that Claire is still a star and gets ratings so she has to put up with Claire but she doesn't like Claire and so there's you know it's kind of, it, as a writer that it's kind of fun to you know to write that relationship mm-hmm. because it you know it's like uh, they they really both have such disdain for the other um, and um, so I did that in the in the last book, and then in this one, there's a bit of a, a, a an update on it because I decided to have the station being sold. And uh, as somebody who's worked at media outlets, big media outlets, where the ownership has changed, that's always a very stressful time mm. for everybody there because you know there's going to be all sorts of changes and and you know and people are going to get fired and all that. So that's happening at Channel 10 in this book, and amazingly enough, it kind of pushes Susan Endicott and Claire together as kind of frenemies, you know, because they they sort of need each other to protect themselves, and they still have this kind of rivalry, and they don't really trust each other, but they kind of work together better in this book than they did, you know, in the last book. But, uh, you know, as you know from reading the Claire books, I mean, the dynamics of the newsroom are a big part of them. And, uh, you know, in all the books, I've got the anchors who are married and not married and having romantic issues all the time. And I've got, you know, in this book, I have a, I have a, uh, a woman sportscaster who doesn't want to do a lot of the sports, you know, which drives Claire crazy. And then I have a weatherman who's always trying to, you know, like, like, get a helicopter and all these things, you know, these, yeah. these, these frills he wants. And um, so, the, the, you know, look, every book is different, but in my books, you know, like Claire is the big thing, but the cast around her is important, you know, I mean, and, uh, you know, in the same way that, you know, the crew around Mary Tyler Moore was part of what made Mary Tyler Moore show great. And so I strive for that. And then, you know, on top of that, of course, you've got the mystery. And uh, if, if, if all three work, then, then hopefully it, it turns into a pretty interesting book. Well, I read it, and I have to tell everybody, I've got new glasses, so I don't get eye strain anymore. I can now see perfectly. Mm. <laughs> and my, I, and that's probably why I read your book very quickly. And then went back over it yesterday. I was so excited to read it again. So this is very important. Wendy um, was working on a client list. Why does she keep her um, cases in a diary? And... Well, how did that affect how this case went about? <laughs> well, the truth, the real truth is, it, it's just you know, it was a, it's an it's an yeah. author's ploy on my part because it you know it it just makes makes it leaves you it allows you to uh, leave clues for mm. Claire to follow. You know, uh, I, I I don't know that uh, that it's logical that she would have done a diary with all this stuff, but uh, yeah. uh, but. Uh, um, you know, as an author, you're trying to do stuff that would make it easier for readers to, you know, get into the mystery and drop clues for them along the way. Um, so that's why, from the very beginning, I, I have a diary. I mean, one of one of the things when <laughs> when you're writing these books, and I've I've written mm. about this, and talked about it, is is you know, there's a lot of things in in any mystery book, but certainly in mine that aren't necessarily realistic and like, oh, that would really mm. happen in real life. 
because you really can't. Because if you if you tried to make everything like how a PI really worked or whatever, I mean, it would just be kind of boring. So, um, so you know, there is a sort of suspension of belief where you kind of, uh, you know, throw in a lot of uh, author ploys and tricks to make the story more interesting. And I certainly have no uh, I have no aversion uh, to uh, to doing that. So that's how the diary came about. I mm. thought, oh well, if she has a diary, that's a great clue. And uh, and it it's you know it, it it it's hanging out there throughout the whole book as as Claire is trying to find out more about it. Okay, so there's another question, a couple of questions in between here. Okay, now the hard part is that the station is sold, right? And she's well, sort of it's close. The process of, it's in the process of being sold throughout the book. The process in other of being words, sold. Right. And, the, and what happens when she can't say the news anymore? And that's really like, oh, my God, how could Claire not, you know, do the yeah. story? She's great. And she's the well, news director. Right. Well, you know, again, this this gets a little complicated uh when i wrote yeah, the is. very first book when i wrote the very first book um uh the first claire book uh, yesterday's news back in 2018 uh it was supposed to be like a one off book you know it was just going to be a book about mm-hmm. this and she was the so i had this character who was the news director of the station and she solves this crime which turns out to be very personally involved with her but it was never never really meant to be a series and then um you know fortunately the the uh, the publishers people at ocean Group said to me like oh we, you know we love claire we want more claire so then i kept writing more claire books but the problem is um mm. you know she's a news director and as a news director um she's not going to be out covering stories she's going to be sitting in an office doing you know ad rates and uh, budgets and things uh which obviously nobody wants to read so in each book, I've had to uh, come up with a reason as to why she is out there doing it. And um, I do it in this one, uh, but at some point during the book, the new owners or the people who are about to be the new owners say, well, we don't want you doing that. We want um, we want you focused on ad rates and, and all that other stuff. And we – because that's more interesting. We don't care about the joint. And Claire's response is – but I break all these big stories, and they're, yeah, but yeah. that doesn't really matter. There's no money in that. We we want you getting more advertising and stuff like that. So Claire is caught up in this, you know, this business um, this business world thing, which she's not comfortable in. And um, so midway through the book, um, yeah, she is taken off the story. Now, I don't think I'm giving away no, any, yeah. uh, any spoilers by pointing out that, you know, Taking Claire off the story doesn't necessarily keep her off the story, so she she finds her way back into it. But uh, yeah, that's part of the whole battle with the new owners. They they're like, well, we don't want you covering stories anymore. And you know, for Claire, that's like, you know, the kiss of death. I mean, she that's what she lives for. The replacements don't even come close. So then she's got another problem. Her daughter, she calls her. And she has a problem. Yeah. It's almost as if she's um, Dear Abby and has to solve the problems of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, I like Lucy, though. Again, again, through the through the book, and you know, Lucy, you know, without giving away stuff. I mean, she 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 yeah. was a key part of the of the original book, and so I've had an ongoing 
uh, relationship between Claire and her daughter. Now, this is the daughter she did not raise and and just you know reconnected Mm. with as an adult. Yeah. And so she has this very unusual relationship with her. you know, which is good, but it's certainly not a traditional mother-daughter relationship. And so, among other things that Claire is doing at 50 is just trying to learn how to be a mother and a grandmother because her daughter has a has a young daughter herself. So, um, you know, I, I, this is something I've not, I don't say struggled with, but something I've tried to balance through the through the series, which is how much I want to deal with this aspect of Claire's life and um, mm. um, and. And I've done more in some books than the others. In some, I've kind of just, uh, you know, just kind of mentioned it without getting into mm. it. And um, but in this one, there is, there, yeah, there is a new development, and that uh, her daughter's marriage uh, turns out to be in trouble, and uh, the daughter comes to Claire for advice. And you know, the running joke with Claire, who's been divorced three times, is. You know, if there's yeah. anybody who knows more about divorce than you, it's you know, it's, you're the you're the expert because you've done it so many times. But you know, it's very real for her, and so she tries to help the daughter as best she can. But again, this isn't an area that Claire is comfortable in because she she hasn't been a traditional mother, so she's trying to do the best she can, and she, I, she does. But um, you know, again, that's a sort of a, a subplot in the. You know, I, I guess the two recurring subplots that happen in all the Claire mm-hmm. books are the relationship with the daughter, and then Claire's romantic relationships. You know, like guys she's with, or who she's with, or who she's sleeping with, and everything. And um, and that changes throughout the series too. And in some of the books, um, like I think in this one, um, there's probably less romantic stuff than others. Other times she gets yeah. you know head over heels romantic and. Uh, uh, it generally doesn't end well because, you know, as it's like, you know, living happily ever after uh, isn't a terribly interesting book. So generally, there's some twist no. or something happens that uh, that keeps her uh, that keeps her single. Well, yeah, I know. And each there are like four parts to this book, and I won't say what they are. So, what was without giving away too much? What was Wendy working on? Because there's a whole bunch of characters that I'm not mentioning. Unless you yeah, want to well, mention well, them. the big, the big story she's working on, and this comes out right at the beginning of the book, so it's not yeah. giving anything away. Um, there's a, a hugely rich uh, financier. I mean, we're talking about billions and billions of dollars. I mean, when I created mm. him, I kind of was thinking about the kind of uh, somebody of the level of, you know, a Jeff Bezos or Elton Musk, mm-hmm. or, you know, not just rich, but like super, super rich, and uh, you know. You always hear stories about some of these people and things they do that aren't great or they're bullying or whatever. And um, and so I thought, well, I'll create a kind of a pretty despicable character like this. And um, and, and and I did. Um, and the, the, the book starts, you know, it starts out with uh, the whole point that, that uh, uh, Wendy was uh, investigating this guy to see if he was cheating on his wife. Um, and, uh, you know, and Claire immediately tries to find that out after Wendy's death and discovers, like, in five seconds, like, oh, yeah, he's very brazenly, you know, you know, cheating with, with other women and all that. Mm. And uh, so she immediately, immediate thought is, oh, the wife, the wife of the billionaire had hired Wendy to investigate, and so maybe, 
you know, like like maybe that led to the murder, but it it is it doesn't happen that way. And the wife turns out the wife didn't hire uh, hire hire Wendy, and so that just complicates things every more. But this guy, um, this billionaire, is like a key part of the mm. whole book because um, as the book goes on, uh, you realize that he's doing a lot more things wrong than just cheating on his wife. It's not just adultery, you know. He's done a lot. He's doing other things. And um, and so he's he's other than Wendy he's he's probably one of the the key the key parts of, of the book throughout. Well, we're not going to tell anybody. There's another character that I love. This one, and that was the homeless girl. How come you included her? I liked her. Well, you know, I've I live in New York City and I see a lot of homeless people. Me too. And uh, and I uh, I. Uh, um, you know, I did uh, one of the early Claire books, Below the Fold, uh, focuses very mm-hmm. much on a homeless woman. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, uh, so this is a woman that one of the things about Wendy Kyle we find out is that even though she has a lot of faults, uh, she uh, mm-hmm. she's very compassionate to, to women and women's causes and helps a lot of women who've been abused or bullied or whatever. And this homeless woman had... Um, had been uh, in a horrible domestic situation and then eventually wound up on the street. And uh, so Wendy had kind of befriended her. So uh, in the investigation, uh, Claire finds out about this woman and begins trying to find her. And, um, you know, one of the things that was, you know, good for me in terms of the book about it was this, this lets Wendy spend, you know, some time, a couple chapters, making her way through the kind of the homeless areas mm. of New York, you know, like the streets of New York, dealing with homeless people to try and find this woman who uh, could well be a, you know, a, a key answer to what happened to Wendy. But, you know, I mean, again, I live in New York City and, and uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I pretty much write about the things I see and I know. So, you know, like this book, there's a lot in here about cops and police and, you know, homeless mm. people and rich people. And, and I mean, these are all the people that you deal with every day in uh in in my world and uh so when i'm writing a book it's just uh, it's just easier to 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 do them and people say well like well, why did you do that i mean it's not some well thought out plan it's just like mm. oh yeah it kind of makes sense that um that wendy might have had this relationship with this uh with this homeless woman and um and and that's something that claire gets involved in too you know what's scary is when I've walked in the city and I've walked in my, my old neighborhood in the South Bronx where I used to live. You don't want to go there. And mm-hmm. where I used to live in the Bronx. And people were homeless. And one day I walked up to one of them and I gave him you know, a dollar or whatever for coffee. And he says, I like living on the street. It's just better. And that's really sad because there are so many people that need help. And now if you read the news this morning, you know who's going to be helped. And it bothers me that there are so people here that are not getting the services and help that they need, that they're Americans and they live here. And it, it, it's, it's, it's sad. And some of these people actually yeah. like living on the street. Well, I, and, yeah. And, 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 and obviously a lot of them it involves, you know, mental, mental disorders yeah, they where do, they're yeah. not really capable. But, um, I mean, look, in, 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 
in all my books, and this is true of like this is the twenty first book that I've actually had published, and in all my books going back over the years, mm. um, I do my best to sort of stay out of the political arena in the yeah, books. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, yeah, uh, not um, not everybody feels that way. Um, uh, I, you know, even some of the great ones, uh, uh, like if you read Sarah Paretsky, you, you get her political views very, uh, very upfront. You know, um, you know. Uh, I just I'm reading the new Michael Conley, and there's a couple, you know, Trump references in it, which you know are, are mm. very political. Um, to me, I mean, look, I, I can't second guess either of them because they're great and very successful. But to me, I don't, I, I don't want any, you know, I try not. If I'm writing about the homeless, I'm not doing it as a political issue. I'm just doing yeah, it as a kind of a life thing. And um, uh, I, 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 I try very hard in my books to never. Uh, to, well, I mean, in general, we did, we talked about this um, the last time with the last book too, uh, like with COVID. I, I try not to get too involved in any current mm. things that are going on. Like I mm. didn't, I've never written about COVID, or you know, I've never dealt with that in my mm. books. Um, I, I just, I know when I'm reading a book, I like it to be sort of a fictional world, and I try and do the same in mine. That when you know, in my books, uh, a lot of these bad things going on aren't really happening. I know, the last couple of books, and you know, I could absolutely say that WordPress counted. I posted over 200 reviews in this year, in 2023, which means I must have read over 200 books and still counting. So, yeah, I I, I get the books that are political. I get some of them that are far-fetched, and then when I pick up yours, I say, thank God for Ocean Bill. Seriously, <laughs> we all are. I, 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 <laughs> promotions. I just yeah, finished yeah. Um, Death Trap because they didn't send me books, so I sat down and read that. That was really good. So now let's go to a character that I love, Kaiser. How does how does Claire? Why does she go to him? And she goes well, over Kaiser, the head of everybody. Yeah, she's Brandon, so like me. Yeah, Brendan Kaiser is the owner of um, is the owner of the uh, state of the. Well, you know, he's the owner of a lot of media companies, but he's, he's yeah. you know, including Channel 10. And again, you know, a lot of these, when you're doing a series, there, there's a lot of backstories. And uh, uh, with him, um, early on in the series, uh, she uh, she did a, like a favor for him. He, he, he was somehow involved in a story, even though he wasn't really a participant, but he got named or pulled into a murder case and she solved the case. And so they have this relationship that goes beyond just, you know, employer, employee, again, nothing like a romantic thing. I've never done that with them. It's just that they're, you know, she, he, he obviously really likes her. And, you know, in many ways, that's the thing that saved her job with Susan Endicott. Because Susan Endicott probably would have fired her, except for the fact, number one, she gets big stories. But number two, because Brendan Kaiser is her kind of, you know, sponsor so and, and likes her. Mm. So um, so they have this, this running background. And so when, when all else fails uh, in the middle of the book, um, when the new owners come in and they want Claire taken off the story and all these things um, – she really only decides she has one choice. I mean, there's nowhere else to go. Uh, Susan Endicott can't really, Endicott can't really help her. So she goes all the way to the top and goes to Brendan Kaiser, and she's not really sure what he'll do. But, um, you know, uh, 
Brendan Kaiser throughout the um, the series, you know, has always been a pretty good guy. Uh, so even though he's rich mm. and all that, he uh, he uh, he kind of admires Claire and what she does and respects her. And uh, so yeah, so she goes over everybody's head, including the new owners, to Kaiser, who still owns the station. And uh, you know, by doing this. She knows that um, once the station is sold and Kaiser is no longer there, the new owners will, you know, will be furious at her, and you know she's going to have to pay probably a big price, maybe her job for doing that. But she doesn't care because for her the story is the most important thing, and she's willing to do all that for the story. So that's that's what happens between her and Brendan Kaiser, and uh, you know, there's a couple interesting. Um, uh, conversations between them where they go over all the options of what they can do and what they decide to do. Well, she's got to decide a lot. But this this really interested me because this is different. You have four chapters. One was called Honey Go Home, and this one is called B-Roll. That's part two, right? The part Honey, tra- the honey Trap. The Honey Trap. Is honey B-roll, Trap, and yeah. And then this is called um, roll, B-Roll. But the one that the one that I really like is part three. Explain law is where you buy. Was explain, explain law is where you buy it. Most interesting and more. How did you create that? Okay, well I'll give you all three. Uh, two of which are mine, and one of which isn't actually. Uh, 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 so the honey trap is is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, like when you know when I, I, I got the idea for Wendy by reading a story somewhere in the New York Post somewhere about a woman who, who does that for a living, who, who chases um, uh, after men to see if they're cheating on their wives. Mm-hmm. And one of the ploys that is used, which is the most extreme ploy, is called the honey trap. And what that involves is if, if you don't catch the man cheating, that the woman P.I., who presumably is relatively attractive, um, mm-hmm. flirts with him herself. So she meets him in a bar or something and starts flirting with him and coming on to him to see if he responds. And that's why it's called the honey trap. And if he, if he, if he says, get out of here, I'm married or whatever, then you know she can tell the wife, oh, it's not true. But if he comes on to her and says, oh, yeah, let's get a room, then it's almost as bad as catching him cheating. So that's that's an actual technique that is used. So I, mm. I love the name. So I just made part one, the honey trap. I love that too. To describe <laughs> Wendy's thing. Uh, B-roll is not that interesting. B-roll is a, is a TV term uh, for, um, for stuff that's not about the main story. In other words, mm. uh, that, that's like a sort of a holding section there where Claire's dealing with some stuff in her life while she's not sure where the story's going, like when she's been taken off it. And it, so it's kind of extraneous stuff. So like B-roll and it like, 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 you know, I don't know if you're, if you're going to, if you have a, a, a big fire or something and, and, you know, other than just taking pictures of the fire, if you had some file pictures of other big fires from the past or, or, you know, it, so B roll is like not the main story. It's kind of like, Oh, here's some other stuff that's happening. Um, and I, you know, I used it because, you know, it's a, you know, it's a TV term and, uh, um, and you know, it's a TV thing. Now law is where you buy it. Um, (laughs) uh, so Mm -hmm. that's a, that is a, that is a total, uh, steal from, uh, one Raymond Chandler. So Ray, uh, Raymond Chandler wrote a uh, mm. uh, a uh, 
had a series of titles that he used to write down in his thing, um, uh, you know, in, in a notebook of, of things he wanted to call things. And uh, one of them was Law is Where You Buy It. And I just thought, oh, it was such a great line. And it captures so much about what is going on in um, in in this book because it involves police corruption, you know. And, and as you get into the book, you really, really get into the idea of uh, police corruption and money being given. And I'm not talking necessarily that, you know, street, street mm. cops, but at the very highest levels of people being bought off by, you know, we have the billionaire. So between the combination of mm. the billionaire and, and, and the cops taking money on, you know, uh, uh, I just thought, I just thought, you know, that it was just a, a great. I love the phrase, um, and uh, so uh, so I just named the section after that. So before I forget, so we don't want to forget Thursday. This is going to be very interesting. The author of The Last Horseman. It's a true story about a guy whose wife tried to save him from being arrested and anything else, and she and her friend bet on the trifectas with Quinella and the, and the exactors and won millions of dollars. you got to read it to believe it, but it's a true story. On the 8th, we have the one and only Cindy McDonald, Murder by Stroke. And on the 10th, I get to show off my brilliance as a reading coordinator and reading specialist with my professor. Dr. Cavuto and I are going to talk about Jeannie Shaw's The Great Debate and how he was interviewed by her a long time ago. And on the 11th, we have psychotherapist Dennis Palumbo. And Fran and Dennis are going to talk about teenage stress and anxiety and how it leads to other issues. On the 17th, Girl Among Crows. And on the 18th, a very important book, Girl on Trial. And it deals with substance abuse and drug abuse and what happens when a girl makes the wrong decision. And that's what's coming up. So part four says, Broadcast Blues. How does this explain the title? I love the title. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I like the, you know, it's like, again, it's the sixth book. So every every one of the titles, uh, you know, has to have some sort of a media connection, you know, like beyond the headlines. Yeah. And it's news to me. And, and uh, uh, the I think the last scoop. And so they all, they all, um, you know, the publisher, you know, Ocean View, I mean, that each one should have some kind of a, a media thing. And, uh, you know, at, at, at some point, you know, when you're doing these, um, at some point mm. you run out of, you know, it's hard to come up with possibilities because you've sort of mm. hit a lot of them already. So um, I think this one, um, you know, it's a kind of a combination. Number one, it was, uh, a lit- you know, it's a, you know the, the alliteration of it, broadcast blues. Uh, you know, there, there's the movie broadcast news from years ago, and I actually wrote a book years years ago, uh, back in the early '90s, called Broadcast Clues. Uh, mm. And so I I just thought when I when I was writing the book, I sort of made that the title without knowing if I was going to keep it. And but then as the book went on, um, I thought some of the somebody just pointed this out in a review the other day, I think it was on Fresh Fiction, that it, it there, there there are a lot of blues going on in, in Claire's life. I mean, there's the murder investigation, there's the, the, the struggles at the station, um, there's the, the dealing with her age things, and, uh, you know, so broadcast blues 
just sort of seemed to fit the book too. So uh, yeah, I'm happy with it now. But you know, with all these things, it's not like there's some well thought out, well thought out plan. And generally, I'll give a kind of a working title to a to a book, mm. and then um, and then um, you know, at some point, I might change it. Um, but in this one, I just stayed with the broadcast blues. Well, I I loved it, and I have to thank Ocean View because just when I don't have anything to read, I get something that I didn't even know about, and that makes sort of like every great. That's how I got yours too, by the way. They just sent well, you got mine quite a while ago too, didn't you? I think you got it. Yeah, I did. I I just got a whole bunch of them, and I have I picked up Death Trap because I was minus a book until I just got a new one that I won't discuss, and um. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, it's Fire Trap. It's, oh, my right. God. That it, you you got to read it. It's outrageous. So before I forget, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Claire was being Claire, and she connected with somebody that she cared about. So how did that work out? Uh, you're going to have to tell me what, what Stephen a little bit Healy. more about what. Stephen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him though. Um, he likes her too. I know, you know, I, I, this is one I can't really, we can't really give get a lot. But she meets a very early on in the book. She meets a mysterious yeah. man who um, who uh, who portrays himself as a uh, security guard at the hotel where she's yeah. watching the billionaire, and um, it sets a lot of things in motion. And then as the book goes on, he begins kind of uh, playing a, a more involved role and uh, she is uh, she's she's not sure whether or not to trust him or not um, and you know he's a very charismatic good-looking guy and um, she's she's just not sure about him and so he and he plays a uh, a growing a growing role uh, you know as the as the book uh, goes on um yeah i mean look you know it's like i i i put a lot of these characters in because you know um and, and when i'm writing a book i've i've talked about this too it's not like i i have the whole thing choreographed and this is what's going to happen uh like when 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 i introduce steve healy at the beginning of the book i'm not necessarily sure what part he's mm. going to play as the book goes on I I tend to kind of just follow it like Claire would and then just see where it goes and then you know I, I mm. kind of like to surprise myself <laughs> at some point and mm. uh, and that way the reader isn't necessarily going to know where the where the book is going either so uh, so you know I, I know people like to think authors um, you know have this incredibly well thought out plan for a book but I never do. I just, I just kind of try and tell the story and, and, um, and see what happens. Well, I wrote Mirror Image and I wrote it for a reason, and I hope everybody reads it because if you look in the mirror, it replays something that you did that was wrong, and if you look really close, you'll see yourself there as a face in the mirror if you don't change what you did, for the better. <laughs> and. It was fun writing it because there's a whole bunch of stories I get to kill off a whole bunch of people. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really did. So, how yeah, did it's you fun, create it's fun ending? doing stuff like that. It's fun doing stuff like you know when you you know like I said in my book some of the yeah. characters that are unlikable are are based on a few unlikable characters I've met in my life. Oh yeah. So whether or not they know it, it's it's kind of fun when like I said Susan Endicott is a combination of a lot of the 
worst editors I've ever, and I've had a lot of great editors, but, uh, you know, I, I was able to put together a lot of characteristics of some of the worst people I ever worked for and create Susan Indicott, which was fun. Anyway, go ahead. What was your question? No, that is, that is, that is really good because the second half of my book is the Faces Behind the Stone series, and a lot of those right. stories are true. And you don't want to be one of my characters, trust me. So <laughs> never, never. Trust me, because I've read that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so who who do you? How did you create the surprise ending? And that might change it all for Claire, because she's she's I love her. She's got a mind of her own. Don't mess with her. And she, after a while, you wonder who's going to win, her or Susan. And of course, you know who I'm rooting for. Maybe a third. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the one of the one of the things with writing a series, which kind of limits your your things, is um, you know the series character is always going to win at the end. You know, so uh, I hope so. Uh, I mean, it's like you know James Bond is not going to die at the end of a movie, and uh, and uh, you know uh, uh, you know Philip Marlowe is not going to die in one of the Raymond Chandler books or or Spencer, and you know it's like Kinsey Miller, you know all these people. In a series, uh, no matter what happens, uh, you know, you know, in the end that they will um, they will win out. Now, I mean, it may be a sort of flawed victory, and they may have, mm. you know, various things that that go wrong. But um, yeah, so uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to talk about the the ending, but um, in terms no. of of the twists and stuff, I mean. <sighs> You know, again, I mean, you know, there are mysteries that aren't that big of mysteries, you know, where you kind of know where everything is going and it's very straightforward. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't do that in the Claire books. I mean, people always talk about there's twists and red herrings and shocks. And, I mean, uh, it, it just, I tried, I tried to sort of take the reader in one direction and then kind of twist them around in another and then maybe take them mm-hmm. back to where they were and, uh, it's not something I really think about a lot. It's just what I like in a in a book. And uh, so, um, you know, who are the who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Uh, you know, what's what is Claire going to do? How is she going to do it? Um, I, I, you know, I think in this book, like with all of them, you, it just sort of keeps the reader guessing all the way through. But uh, as I say, <laughs> the bottom line is. You, You've got to figure Claire will come out okay. Well, if she was really too nice and not opinionated and whatever, she would be boring like everybody else. Also, as far as being 50, I stopped counting when I was 25, so I don't know how old (laughs) I am. I also found out, who knows, who cares? I also found out when my mother died that my birth certificate was forged and doesn't have a raised seal. So now I could just give any age, any age I want. Doesn't matter. That's even better. Maybe I'll send <laughs> one to Claire. Know, it, so what's tr- next for you? Of, Is it well, Dana Perry? Of, yeah, but I, before I just want to say in terms of Claire, where you brought up the uh, the issue of uh, of uh, you know her having a big mouth and all that. Um, I mean that, yeah, that I love her. in writing the Claire books, uh, that's one of the. The, the kind of the biggest or the toughest balances that I have to uh, that I have to do, which is, um, you know, you, you, she can't be perfect. You know, you don't want a perfect yeah. character. I mean, I, I think one of the most important things of any any character you write, anybody writes, is that they have to be flawed. You know, and what are their flaws? You know, they're a drinker. They're they're a womanizer. They're a gambler. You know, they've got 
you know, some tragedy. But you've got to have a flawed character because nobody wants to nobody wants to to read um, a, a person who's who's you know who's terrific. So with Claire, um, you know, I want to make her outrageous. I want to make her say things that make you go like, "Holy crap! I can't really believe she just said that." Um, but on the same hand, you, you don't want to make her likable. You want to make her like the kind of person like, oh, I'd love to hang out with this person. Mm. Uh, she's funny and 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 she's colorful. She's but there are times, you know, she has like no, uh, I, what I would refer to as no no filter on her mouth. Uh, uh, she's not as bad as this, but you know, it's kind of like watching Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm saying things, and you're like, oh my God, I wish I could say that, but I could never do that, you know. And Claire, Claire, Claire does a lot of, uh, and and I think a lot of the great characters, you know, not not to compare Claire with some of these great mm. ones, but a lot of the great ones that I've loved, um, like Spencer, for instance, by Robert Parker. You know, I interviewed uh, Ace mm. Atkins, who wound up doing a number of the Spencers after Robert Parker died, and he said that he had a chance. To, he had a quote from Robert Parker before he died about Spencer and why he was so popular and it was and I can't the exact words but it was something effective Spencer Spencer says the kinds of because he always all the quips and everything Spencer says all the kinds of things that we all want to say to people but never do but he doesn't you know and 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 I think you know I try and do that a bit with um with Claire too well, sometimes you find yourself, you don't realize it, and I've done it recently for whatever reason, saying things like, oh, my God, did I really say that good you had it coming? Seriously. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's you want a character, that, want a character that goes, um, I, yeah. I think you like it when a character goes too far sometimes. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, that's why I love Claire. Yeah, I, I, had, I had somebody, I had somebody once who liked Claire. I had somebody once in, wrote a review, uh, a re, another author actually wrote a, a review of one of my books with Claire, and he was like, he's like, there are times I just get so mad at her, I just want to throttle her and tell her to shut the hell up, you know, and <laughs> and I remember thinking, I remember thinking, like, that's a compliment, that's good. you know what I mean, because I got that, yeah. uh, that emotion from her, um, so, I mean, I just think that that idea of the flaws... I'll tell you one other quick story that I had that always really struck me. Um, you, I, you mm. probably know him, uh, the author Reed Farrell Coleman, very successful, very very popular author, and he he wound up uh, taking over at one point the Robert Parker uh, Jesse Stone series. You know, after mm. you know Robert Parker died, so he started mm-hmm. writing. He wrote a number of the Jesse Stone books, and I was at a conference yep. with him, and he was telling me how the Jesse Stone books. In some ways, that character is a very difficult character to write, and the reason is because he's such a good guy. I mean, you know, like he's good-looking, he's honest, he's tough, and on top of everything else, when you're reading it, all you're thinking about is Tom Selleck in the TV movies, is Jesse Stone, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's almost Mr. Perfect, so... You know, uh, you have to give him flaws. So, well, he drinks. He's got a drinking problem. Uh, he's divorced. He misses his wife. You know, he was supposed to be a baseball player, but he hurt himself. You know, it's like even in the most perfect people, you've got to get those flaws in to make them likable. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that, you know, I think about when I'm writing Claire or any of the other books that I've done. Well, you write the great stuff. So what's next before we end? And when am I getting it? And when is it coming out? Are you writing the Dana Perry one? 
and the and yeah, the other one. Three, the other yeah, well, there's a couple. From... Let me just yeah, there's a couple things. Uh, uh, I yeah, I wanted to uh, I I wanted to uh, uh, say that uh, yeah. So well, first off, like I say, broadcast clues is out today, so you can get that you know anywhere or online or mm-hmm. bookstores or anything, uh, Amazon, wherever. Um, and also, if, if anybody is listening and they're in New York City uh, or the area, and this includes you, Fran, of course. Uh, I'm doing a big book launch event next Tuesday, January 9th at Mysterious Bookstore in Manhattan. Uh starts around between 5 and 6. And uh, I'll be signing, giving away, or not giving away, I'll be selling, uh, I'll be signing copies of Broadcast Blues. So Mysterious Bookshop, January 9th, if anybody wants to uh, stop by, there's information on their site. In terms of me, uh, yeah, uh, this is an interesting, interesting thing. So uh, as people, as you know, I, I write a series of thrillers uh, for a different publisher, uh, Bookature, which is based in London, uh, under the name of the pen name of Dana Perry, and I've done four of them so far. And I've got a, a series coming with a new character. Her name is Nikki Cassidy, and she's a FBI agent, and um, uh, uh, she's basically chasing after a serial killer. Who, who's killing people in her small hometown of Ohio where she comes from, and I actually come from Ohio, so it, you know I get to write a little bit about things that I know back in back in Ohio. Uh, but the interesting thing is this: uh, there, I've written not one Nikki Cassidy thriller, but three, three separate thrillers, and mm. they are all going to be released simultaneously at the same time in April. Oh, and God. the idea is kind of like like binge watching on TV, like when you want to watch something, you want to watch the next one and then the next one. And it's an interesting publishing ploy. I, I hope it's I hope it's brilliant. But uh, um, basically, it's like a full book, you know, 400 pages or whatever. And then there'll be another book and then there another book. And so when somebody finishes one book, they can they don't have to wait a year for the sequel, they can go right into the next one. So uh, the first one is called uh, The Nowhere Girls, and um, like I said, all three will be released in uh, in uh, April. Uh, the, the the bad news for you is most of what Bookature does is online and audible. They're very big on both markets, mm-hmm. but there are print copies, so we'll get you a print copy or print. I want a print copy of of all three. That that you see, this is what keeps me happy. I'm busy, and my husband says, out of the stores going shopping, which I haven't been to in such a long time. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you so much. This has been fun. It's been like the highlight of my week, my my month, actually. Well, I and think I just a, hope... we were successful just that we got on the air, right? I mean, because I know you were having a lot of trouble with blog radio, so. Yeah, I just hope that... that um, Blog Talk is happy on Thursday, too, because I've never interviewed this author before. And actually, I very rarely ask anybody that sends me a book from a publishing company to do an interview, but I couldn't put this down. You've got to read it. It's a true story, and it's based on a husband who is in trouble as a as a jockey, and his wife, the wife and the friend, um, try to save him and his and his business, and they win millions of dollars and get away with it. That's the cool part about it. The last What's horseman. the title? What is the What is the title again? The Last Horseman. Okay. And it's 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 uh, it's unbelievable. But thank you so much, everybody. 
It's a beautiful day outside. It's only, wait a second, I will tell you. We're expecting snow this weekend. And then going to do hair and nails no matter what. 33 degrees, <laughs> people. It's hot outside. Yeah. And, well, we yeah. haven't had any snow yet, so I'm, I, I keep no, hoping. No, they said snow that. showers for Saturday, but that has to wait till I do hair and nails. Otherwise, forget it. I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> but, but thank you so much. This Always has been great, great talking to you, Fran. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Stay safe and bye. Bye bye.